Um, we are uh, uh, broadcasting, obviously, from a, uh, a different location. Pat is sitting in for Stu, who I guess is sick. I mean, is the guy who is, does he even work anymore? It's like he's here like three days every month. Mm-hmm. He's like Johnny Carson now. <laughs> he really mm-hmm. is. I, I, Ed McMahon didn't do that. No, Johnny did that. It's my <laughs> right. turn. Right, my turn first. How are you, Pat? I'm good. I'm good. 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 You? Uh, I, I'm great. I've had an amazing, amazing weekend, uh, and we'll uh, tell you what we have kind of up our sleeve a little bit uh, today. I was hoping to make an announcement from uh, this location today, but we're gonna we're gonna push it off. I think until after uh, Thanksgiving, but we are gonna. I mean, if you're smart, you're gonna figure it out. Um, but uh, we're live from Plymouth, Massachusetts today. In uh, the Leyden House. More in a minute. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. I never thought I would see the day when Barack Obama seemed moderate. But Barack Obama has uh, come out and said to the Democrats, you got to slow down. Uh, Not everybody is into this revolution thing. Uh, And that's what the Democrats have been talking about. And we'll talk about that, plus what they're doing with impeachment and some possible solutions, possible solutions that we really need to focus on here in the next few weeks. We begin there in one minute. This is the Glenbeck program. Well, Thanksgiving is next week. Christmas is right around the corner. And if you haven't already thought about it, it might be time for you to consider uh, preparing your home for holiday guests with brand new blind shades or plantation shutters from blinds.com. Now, if you haven't tried blinds.com before, now is the perfect time to try it. Here's uh, one of the listeners uh, has written in and said, I was skeptical making such a large per- purchase online. They walked me through all of the measurements. I bought the plantation shutters. Boy, that would have been scary. Uh, they were, uh, th- everything went well. They are beautiful. Thanks, blinds.com. Stu and his wife did the same thing. They got the plantation shutters, and when they tried to order them, the guy said, you know, can I send you a sample of something else? He said, you've picked the most expensive one. And he said, honestly, the ones that's just a little cheaper, he said, they're better. They ended up saving money and getting better plantation shutters. Those are the kind of people that you're working with at Blinds.com. And 100% satisfaction guarantee means that if you aren't totally satisfied with a style, color, or quality, they're going to remake your window treatments for free. Now, I want you to go to Blinds.com now before November 20th for their buy two and get your third free sale. Plus, you'll get an extra $20 off with the promo code BECK. The sale is happening for three days only, now through November 20th. Buy two and get one free and an extra $20 off at Blinds.com. Promo code BECK. Rules and restrictions do apply. I am sitting in a very historic home. I am sitting in uh, the Leyden home in um, Plymouth, Massachusetts. 
And Plymouth is this amazing town that I've never been to. Um, and I came here Saturday, and it was uh, it was a it was a long trip this weekend uh, because I stopped somewhere else that we'll talk about later. But I um, I got here Saturday, and it's such a strange place because everywhere you look. <laughs> Everywhere you look, something really important happened. Um, in this home that I'm, I'm sitting in, uh, this is where the first peace treaty happened. Uh, the first peace treaty with the uh, Native Americans. The first election in America happened in this room. Um, this, is the, this is called plot number one. And it's the first street in America and the first home in America. Right out uh, across the street, looking out the windows, I can see Plymouth Rock from here. It's literally a stone throws away from Plymouth Rock. It is right on the water. And the front yard is where they think the first Thanksgiving actually happened kind of a historic place next hour i want to talk to you about the pilgrims and what isn't being taught anymore this is this town is i think like the rest of america except on steroids because the people who are here who know the truth about the pilgrims are on fire. They, it is this group of people up here that are holding down the fort for the pilgrims are truly remarkable people. I, I haven't been around people like this in a very long time that really, really know history, know what they've been called to do, have a plan, and are doing it and are so filled with love for other people, and it's working. There's the other side of town that either just doesn't care, maybe you've lived here for a long time and, you know, I've seen it all and whatever, yada, 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 pilgrims. Um, or they are really standing in the way of telling the truth about the pilgrims. Uh, one of the guys who I was with, who we'll talk about a little later, was uh, was actually in Holland. He came here from Holland because he was doing some research on the pilgrims and trying to get a reason from the the Pilgrim Museum, which I think is like a phone booth, uh, uh, you know, from where they launched. And uh, and there's one guy who, you know, is like, oh, my gosh. Somebody just ring the bell. They came in. They want to hear about the pilgrims. And so he he went over there and he was asking their experts, why did the pilgrims come here? And the answers are crazy. Truly, truly crazy. Well, because there was an economic recession coming over. Oh. Oh, so as to escape an economic recession, they decided to go to a place to where they thought they could be scalped and eaten oh okay that makes sense 
I know that's that's the first thing I do. Hey, there might be a recession. Let's get on to a rickety leaking boat and cross the ocean, uh, you know, where half of us are probably going to die because that's the way it is. It's not exactly, you know, a, a nice tour ship that you're going on. And then we're going to go to a place where there's Native Americans and uh, they usually kill all of the people that are on the ship. But at least we won't experience that recession. Why did they come here? And what has been lost? And why is Thanksgiving so important? And what are the people here doing? They are holding the fort, and they're actually making progress here. So we'll get into that here in a, in a little while and tell you... Uh, something that I have felt for a while now I have um, was supposed to do. And uh, so we are going to be uh, doing that, and it involves next summer. Uh, but it's really a year-long uh, event. And we'll talk about that coming up in, in just a little while. Pat Gray is uh, joining us uh, because Stu is faking an illness, I think. Uh, he works. Uh, he works less than Johnny Carson used to work. When he was mm. doing the show, mm-hmm. uh, and so Pat, welcome to the program. How are Thank you? Thank you. Good. I'm going to start calling. I'm going to start saying that uh, Stu is filling in for Pat <laughs> uh, uh, shortly. Um, a couple of things, Pat. First mm-hmm. of all, uh, Nancy Pelosi. I think has. I think they. I think all of the Republicans on this impeachment hearing have really lost it. I, re- I don't think they even know what reality is anymore. Um, Nancy Pelosi um, is now saying that Trump withheld the money from Ukraine for Putin. Could we play this audio, please? Listen to this. So uh, for a long time, just until the 24th of September, it was when I called for a a fuller expansion. The inquiry was going on, but to proceed with the inquiry, and that kind of changed our communication until that day in the room when I said, all roads, Mr. President, with you lead to Putin. Whether it's giving them a stronger Mm. foothold in the Middle East by what you did with Turkey and Syria, or what you did by withholding a grant, uh, withholding aid to military assistance voted by Congress to Ukraine to the benefit of Putin. 11,000, more like 13,000 by now, Ukrainians have died at the hands of the Russians. They needed that military aid. And with his disparaging remarks about NATO and questioning our commitment to NATO, that's to Putin's advantage. So uh, we do have, a, shall we say, a candid relationship. Wow. I don't think I've ever heard anything so dishonest. Um, wow. First of all, Nancy, um, the aid was given. In fact, mm-hmm. he sold what they were asking for. They were asking for more of because the president had already sold them those weapons and those weapon systems they had been begging for. But it was the Democrats under Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and yes, you, Nancy Pelosi, that refused to sell them any of those weapons. So for her to say that, you know, look, he's just trying to help the Russians, he hurt the Russians here. His policies towards Russia, not his language, his policies towards Russia 
are much more fierce than anything that the reset team was trying to do with Vladimir Putin. And when it comes to Ukraine, mm. he actually has armed them against Russia, and the Democrats did not. That's all part of trying to make Trump seem like a Russian agent. They're still trying to do that. They're still trying to make it, it a look. They're trying to make the American people believe that Donald Trump is a Russian asset. It's so dishonest. It is, it's so almost treasonish. It's, it's, it's almost treason. Uh, so uh, Giancarlo Sopo, he wrote for The Blaze this weekend, leak focus groups results. Uh, the, uh, they reveal the Democrats impeaching messaging plans, uh, weak legal case. Have you, did you read this article? No. Pat? So he says, um, what happened to quid pro quo? As political observers noticed this week, the Democrats have a new messaging strategy in their impeachment inquiry. President Trump accuse him of bribery. The shift came mm. after a focus group in, battles down, uh, in battleground states by the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee showed that voters were less receptive to the Latin legal term quid pro quo. <laughs> Uh, they preferred the charge of bribery over quid pro quo. The latter, according to the uh, sources familiar with the focus group, likely are to persuade swing voters. So they changed it from quid pro quo just based on a focus group. What can we what can we use to get this guy? Um, as the Washington Post points out, points out, the House Intelligence Committee member Jim Hines, Democrat from Con- uh, uh, Connecticut was the first to announce the Democrats' uh, intentions to retire quid pro quo during an appearance on Meet the Press. House Mm. Speaker Nancy Pelosi began accusing Trump of bribery during the press conference on Thursday. Talking Latin around here, e pluris unum, for many, one, quid pro quo, bribery, and all that, is in the Constitution and attached to the impeachment hearing, she said. She noted a likely reason why Democrats had replaced quid pro quo with bribery is that the latter is one of the two crimes cited in the Constitution. Again, not true. The reason why they decided to change that is because people understood that and thought it was worse than quid pro quo. Post also noticed that even Hines recognizes that while bribery may be a political useful term for the Democrats, it's also imprecise to describe the allegations. Abuse of power is not necessarily a concept that most Americans run around thinking about. In this case, the abuse of power was the same combination of bribery and extortion. It's also unclear what Democrats argue is the alleged bribe in question, since Democrats don't have any witnesses with direct (laughs) knowledge of Trump's state of mind during his dealings with Ukraine. Republicans were quick to point out the change in messaging underscores that Democrats don't have a compelling legal case against the president. They're just trying different narratives to see what would work. And that brings me back to what Nancy Pelosi just said and what Pat said. They're just doing everything they can. They're throwing spaghetti up into the wall to see what mm-hmm. sticks. Mm-hmm. They don't have anything. They have quid pro quo doesn't work. Bribery doesn't work. He's a Russian agent doesn't work. When is America going to wake up to this? Well, if you if you look at the what's the definition of bribery? Persuade someone to act in one's favor, typically illegally or dishonestly, by a gift of money or other inducement. Well, so you have to get something for it. 
What did we get for the money we gave them? Nothing. They never did the investigation. Even the guy who was supposedly bribed has said over and over again, we received nothing for the investigation. By the way, we didn't we didn't do an investigation. Uh, so the line that kept sticking out to me this weekend was uh, the Democrats saying that sometimes hearsay is better than direct yeah, evidence. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. Since when has hearsay been better than direct <laughs> evidence? The the hoops that you intellectually have to jump through to be a part of this crazy train is is truly remarkable. New report out suggests that companies are underestimating the damage that could be done if employee data is stolen and leaked to the dark web or wider internet. Employee email addresses and uh, and and information on employees broad entry point into a company's system. They have access to employees' data. It, it could lead to many security issues that businesses are worried about day to day. It's important that you understand how cybercrime is affecting our lives. I've mentioned that before somebody's identity gets stolen, um, you know, everybody thinks it's fine. Every two seconds, somebody's identity is, every two seconds, somebody says, yeah, but I didn't think it was going to happen to me. You're going to miss certain identity threats if you're only monitoring your credit. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats and alerts you if and when a threat is detected. So give them a call or check out their website now. Nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock can see the threats that you might miss on your own. And until December 8th, join and get a special radio discount. Save 30% or more off your first year by using the promo code BACK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or visit LifeLock.com. Use the promo code BACK to save 30% or more off of your first year. That's promo code Beck at lifelock.com or 1-800-LIFELOCK. 10 seconds, station ID. Welcome to the uh, program. I'm, I'm glad you're listening. So there's uh, a couple of things. Um, just I'm going to get politics out of the way today. You see the uh, Buddha judge uh, polls in uh, Iowa, Pat. Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. What is your What is your take on this? Uh, I, I think my take is that they they just don't know who they like because they don't like any of them that much. And, right. And I think anybody who looks fresh and new is going to do well for a while. And I think maybe Buddha judge is the shiny new object right right now in Iowa. For him to shoot up nine points like this and be nine points ahead is amazing because there's. I mean, I I don't know what new policy he's proposed that has that has sparked this, but I just think it's because they're tired of Biden. They don't necessarily like Warren and Sanders, and so they're like, "Well, what about this guy?" Let me explain. Let me explain my uh, theory on this um, to anybody who has ever gone shoe shopping with a woman. If you've gone shoe shopping with a woman, and and it's for a specific outfit they either go into the shoe store and they know exactly what they're looking for they see it and they're like i know what it is i want that shoe they try it on they walk around they walk out the store with that shoe in the box and then the rest of your life is is spent listening to them bitch about how uncomfortable that shoe is oh i can't wait <laughs> to get home to take these shoes off honey 
We just got into the car to go to the event, okay? That's the Democrats, okay? Sometimes they find mm-hmm. the shoe, they know exactly what they're looking for, and then as soon as it's on, everybody is saying, I can't wait to take these shoes off. Here's what's happening this time. If you've ever gone to shoe shopping, uh, gone shoe shopping with a woman, and she doesn't know what shoe she's looking for, she will try on shoes, and you'll, she'll come out and she'll say, what about these? And you'll say, uh, they look great. They're great. They're beautiful. They're wonderful. And she'll say, I don't know. And she'll walk around in them for a while. I think I really like these. But, you know, I saw another shoe over there I want to try. Okay. So she goes and she tries on that shoe. And she walks around and she says, what do you think about these? Oh, I think these are these are great. These are wonderful shoes. I think these are wonderful. And she walks around. I like these. I think I like these. Well, I don't know. Are they going to? And then she gets a third pair of shoes and a fourth pair of shoes. And then you end up walking out of the shoe store without a single shoe. And you're like, what? What was wrong with any of those shoes? They're all uncomfortable, honey. They were all black. They all were heels. What exactly are you looking for? I don't know. I'll know it when I see it. Right now, Buddha Judge is just a pair of pumps mm-hmm. that is uncomfortable and that they're trying on at the store. And all of us are like, it's exactly like the other shoe. I mean, I don't know what you're looking for. I don't see the difference between the last one you were trying on and this one. And they're both going to be really uncomfortable. But they're walking around right now in the shoe store going, I don't know these Buddha Judges. I. I think I really like these. I'm not really. And as soon as they see something else, they'll try that one on because none of them are what they're really looking for. Mm -hmm. And Michael Bloomberg might be that other one that they try on for a little while when he jumps into the race. And then they're going to realize, no, I knew there was a reason I didn't like this guy. Right. Right. That's going to happen to him. too. And you know what? They're going to go back and try other shoes on. Yeah, absolutely. And. What did they start with? If this is right, if this is really a tight analogy, what did they start with? Because when they have to make a decision, they usually go back to the first one they tried on, which was, uh, what's his name? Joe Biden. Yes. And they'll be like, you know, I think I'll just go with these. They're not happy about it, but they'll just go back to those. And you're like, we could have left the store two hours ago. You're listening to Glenn. All right, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor. It's Relief Factor. Garrett is a listener of the program. He lives in uh, South Carolina. Hi, Garrett. He hurt himself uh, and hurt his back while he was lifting heavy boxes. Oh, you've got to pick it up with your knees. Don't you hate people say that? Anyway, now some people are early adopters. Garrett, not one of those people. He heard about Relief Factor every day on the radio for over a year, and it uh, took him that long to decide, you know what, I'm just going to give it a try. Garrett... You're exactly like me, brother. He got the starter package, began taking it, feeling skeptical but hopeful at the same time. Within a few weeks, he began to notice his pain had gone away. Not long after that, he began to notice that he had the ability to lift things again. Oh, 
don't admit that. Today, Garrett is back to lifting things that are 50 pounds. He got his life back. He got his back back. And so can you. When taken properly, Relief Factor attacks the inflammation that causes much of our pain. You want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back? Do what I did. Do what Garrett did. Take Relief Factor at relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Miss Glenn special last week, the Democrats Hydra. Well, you're in luck. You can watch it for free on YouTube right now. Welcome to the program. I'm uh, I'm so glad uh, that you're um, you're with us. Uh, Pat is in for Stu today. I'm in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts, and beginning to uh, lay this out for you on why I'm here and where I'm at, and and uh, and I want to also promote this parade that they have uh, on Thanksgiving. They started this parade about 20 years ago, and it was just a group of people. Um, in a church that started this and you can't even imagine what it's like to get permits in new england and they got a permit to do a uh a, a, a pilgrim parade and really kind of tell the truth about the pilgrims and they really went all out i mean this is not like a you know back of the pickup truck local parade this is they've they've made these beautiful unbelievable th- floats they don't have any sponsors it's all done with their own money and this just small little group and uh they've done it now for 20 years this year they're expecting about a quarter of a million people on the streets of plymouth mass to see this parade and it is the most wholesome uh it's 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 almost becoming the anti macy's you know, it's not about sales and gifts and Broadway shows and, you know, anything. It's about the pilgrims and what they did. And if you're anywhere in the area, please uh, come up to this parade. You will not be disappointed. I, I went into the float barns uh, yesterday, and it's it's incredible what they're doing up here. It really is. And all just people who are driven to do it. They don't get anything out of it. Nobody's making any money. It's just, it's, it's, you you want to talk about one person deciding to do something and can make a difference. That's what's happening in Plymouth, Maine, Um, or Plymouth, Massachusetts. Um, Did you see Ford versus Ferrari this weekend? Yeah, I did. You did, Pat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did too. What'd you think? Uh, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really good. And it's a story I don't think a lot of Americans are familiar with necessarily. How much did you know? Uh, well, I knew the outcome and I knew, uh, I, I knew the general story, but I didn't know the specifics of their relationship and all that. Uh, so if you don't know the Shelby Cobra, uh, is, or the Ford Shelby is the greatest race car, um, built. I mean, they're just, they're amazing, amazing cars. And the Shelby Cobra now, an original Shelby Cobra is, is what? Three to five, seven million dollars, something like that. The Ford Shelby's, the real ones, are you know ten million dollars, and um, built by a guy mm-hmm. who's a Texan who is just this 
you know, why can't we do it kind of guy. And uh, the, the Ford versus Ferrari movie is the relationship between the driver and Shelby, the designer, and also the Ford Motor Company and the Shelby Motor Company. And Ford does not come out looking good. No, they I, really don't. No, I mean, really don't. Lee Iacocca looks great in it, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he does. Um, but it shows it shows how Ford tried to buy Ferrari in a really intense scene. Makes Ferrari look pretty weaselly too. It makes Enzo Ferrari look terrible, horrible, <laughs> horrible, <laughs> really like really like a. Well, I think I think one of the lines was when uh, Lee Iacocca came up. You know, he said, "No, you don't understand. This is we're going to meet the mob," uh, <laughs> and it really was kind of mob-like. Um, but uh, it is a, I think personally, it is a perfect father and son movie. Every father mm-hmm. and son should go see this. Absolutely, yeah, and it it shows you the rivalry between them because. Um... Ford was, was, like you said, going to buy Ferrari, and Ferrari was just using Ford to up the price of... With Fiat. With Fiat, another Italian company, and that's, what the, that's who they wanted to go with all along. And so uh, Henry Ford II didn't take very kindly to that, so he wants to beat him on the racetrack. And he says, I don't care what it costs. And, the, and the, uh, the, in, in two years, they developed uh, the... Um, the Ford Shelby race car, two years. And uh, that, that should have taken a decade to do. And mm-hmm. it wins at Le Mans in 66, 67, 68, and 69. And then Ford decides they're not going to race anymore. Uh, and it's, it, it, it's an incredible scene. It reminded me of the old, I think, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman movies, right? Didn't, mm-hmm. didn't Yes. When I was a kid in the 60s, I barely remember them, but I remember my folks going to and my dad taking to me, you know, taking me to race car movies uh, with, I think it was Paul Newman and, and Steve McQueen was in some of those as well. And it really felt like that. It was funny. It was really, really good. Yeah, really good. it really was. Have yeah. you seen Midway yet? No, and I'm not going to. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Um, have you seen it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? Uh, I, I liked the movie until it came to the very end. That's why I'm not going. Uh, very end. Uh, might shock you a little bit because... Explain. You're not giving anything away. Yeah. At the, at the end of the movie, they dedicate it to all of the soldiers in the American army who fought in World War II and the Japanese soldiers who fought in World War II. Now that, wait, What? You're also dedicating this to the enemy that sneak attacked us at Pearl Harbor? And two days before the Veterans Day, that's what you're going to... And it's not only that. It's the Chinese, uh, the Japanese were horrible. They, they killed 250,000 Chinese civilians. Yeah, they, they were, tortured our American troops. Yeah. They were much, much worse than the Germans were yes. with their experimentations and, and everything else. We, we forget that. No, I was actually... Um, more concerned about the plot line. Didn't you notice that the plot line took a a significant turn to China when it didn't need to? It's like, no, yeah, what yeah. Does, yeah, it was what very does China funny. have to do with <laughs> with Midway? All of a sudden, they're talking about China. You're like, wait, what? What just happened? <laughs> yes. And that's because there's Chinese money in the movie. 
So this is another Amazing. thing like the wow. NF, uh, the NBA, where they've just sold out for the Chinese money. And so they, they had to make Midway some way or another to make China look good. And so they added all that extra plot line. That is unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I, that, is that going to win them fans, uh, loyal No, we're number two tours? now. We're That's... not the number one market now for movies. We're... You're going to see wow. all kinds of stuff starting to change. For instance, did you see Terminator? No. Now, I don't know what they turned it to. This is this is coming from a friend of mine. But Skynet, it's either Skynet or Cyberdyne, but I think it's Skynet. Skynet is no longer the name of the the evil system. Okay. Okay. Now, why would you change some Skynet? Everybody knows what Skynet is. Right. Why would you change that? I was told that it is because, again, that has Chinese money in it, and they're doing... Now, I know the United States has a Skynet thing that we use against terrorists, but apparently Skynet uh, in in China is something, uh, you know, that has to do with their monitoring system of the average person or their... <laughs> Really? internet or something like that and so they didn't want to be known as skynet you know the ones that have the terminator so because of the chinese money uh, funding the movie they, they changed rewrote the part of they rewrote they changed yeah they the changed bad the guy name. was that's amazing isn't that crazy Jeez, yes i mean <laughs> wow and and like you said if if they're going to continue to accept the money from china it, that's going to change a lot of movies and a lot of plot lines and a lot of dialogue. How how often is this going to happen in American movies? You're going to have a massive Chinese influence now. Especially as the United States becomes more and more unpopular, we're not standing up for what we are supposed to stand up for. How long before the American stories are completely Jeez. lost? I mean, as I was walking around here in Plymouth this weekend, I thought, honestly, when was the last time... You heard anything really about the pilgrims, really anything other than just a passing, you know, float or a, or a poster in a store or something like that. When's it any time you've ever heard anything really real about the pilgrims? Anything substantial? Not no. even at not even at Thanksgiving. Do you, do you no. get that anymore? No, mm -mm. nothing. And so here we are. We're sitting here. And we're erasing this history. Mm -hmm. Do you know who you know who broke the treaty with the Indians? Um, Woodrow Wilson. No, no, <laughs> it lasted fifty-four years. <laughs> it was the longest-running treaty with Native Americans in the history of America. Um, so who broke it? Uh, it had to be the British. No, it was the Indians. Oh, they did. Yeah, the Native Americans. The Native American chief changed it because um, a lot of the Native American tribes around here were starting to find the Christian God, the white man's God. And there was one thing that was really changing their culture, and that was they, um, they believed in not just killing your enemy, they believed in torturing your enemy. Uh, while you were killing them. So they would eviscerate you, and then you would hold your own guts uh, while you were dying. And oh. so they made all death really, really cruel. 
And so many of the Native Americans were, the Christian ones were like, hey, I think we're kind of cool on everything, but that one kind of seems like we shouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I just think that might be a little cruel. And uh, and so the the Indian chief basically said, you're destroying our culture. This Christianity thing is destroying our culture. We can't torture our enemies anymore. <laughs> and they got into a they got wow. into a war. He broke the treaty and wanted all of the white men killed. And it actually ended because other Native American tribes came to their defense, to the to the white man's defense, because they had seen this is craziness. What are we we're, we're fighting to torture people? This is not right. Where's that story? I've never heard it. Quite yeah. honestly, I've never heard it. <laughs> it next hour, mm. I have a guy uh, up here who has studied the pilgrims his whole life. Um, and he can tell you the true story of Thanksgiving. And it's important that you hear this. And so I'm going to I'm going to bring him downstairs. He's, he's upstairs now. Um, we're in the plot number one, the first house in America the uh the the room where that native american peace treaty was signed where the first election happened in america somewhere around the front lawn of this house is where the actual thanksgiving the first thanksgiving happened and um there's a reason why we need to know about the pilgrims a very important reason and uh it's a reason that we found out from abraham lincoln as well and it changed the course of the Civil War. And we'll talk about that coming up in just a second. Hey, if your budget's getting stretched a little thin as we head toward the holiday season, uh, you should be saving money. You know, but that's easier said than done most times. Um, life is always seemingly getting in the way. The unexpected medical bill, the urgent car repair, the little things that sort of drop us on... Uh, uh, drop on us out of the clear blue sky, especially around this time of the year. How'd you like to find an extra thousand bucks in your budget or more? The way to do that literally might be right beneath your feet. You could make it happen with a mortgage refi. Mortgage rates are really, really low right now, and you can make a 10-minute phone call to American Financing and take advantage of their free mortgage review. A salary-based mortgage consultant will explain the refinance options that can save you money without restarting your loan term. That's important. Don't restart the loan. Pay it off when you were, when you were planning on. Uh, I caution you. Uh, always on this program to be fiscally responsible, especially in these, um, you know, kind of uh, twisted times that we live in. So please go to American Financing and get their opinion. Do your own homework. You're smart enough to figure it out. But these guys are salary-based. They don't get kickbacks from the bank. It's AmericanFinancing.net. They're working for you. And they've got you coast-to-coast on all kinds of uh, mortgage loans. So call them now at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or visit them online at AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You're listening to Glenn Beck.
finish this for me. Welcome to the program. So glad that you're here. Um, there's a couple of things that are going on around the world. Um, it's not unique on what's happening here, and it's it's really, honestly, by design. Uh, if you have not seen my special that we did uh, last week, the Democratic Hydra, make sure you either are a subscriber to The Blaze or go to my YouTube page and uh, and see this. It is, um, you know, f- f- six weeks ago we did the first thing on the impeachment on Ukraine, and it was the most watched thing The Blaze has uh, has ever produced. This one is is dwarfing that. Uh, it is well laid out, and it will tell you what's really going on. Uh, it's not a coincidence that all of these things are happening around the world. Let me just give you this. No room for compromise with the Hong Kong protesters, according to the China People's Daily. They are, they're going to end up killing these people. And have you noticed that while things are getting stronger and stronger there, the press is almost non-existent on this? How about this one? Iran's top leader warns thugs as protests now run in Iran 100 cities. Yeah. Are you hearing anything about that? Very little. Very little. Venezuelan march, the biggest anti-manure, uh, manure, Maduro uh, protest. It actually works. About the same thing, yeah. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, biggest, the biggest protest this weekend in months. Again, have you heard mm. about these things? Why is the media not covering the protests against hellish countries? They're on fire. And we should be standing up for those countries where they're actually fighting for freedom, the freedom of thought, the freedom of speech, the freedom uh, of economics. Which brings us back here to Plymouth, Massachusetts. And we're going to go there, tell you about the pilgrims and Thanksgiving next. We're going to begin the uh, program and really kind of tell you the significance of Thanksgiving and why it's so important coming up in just a second. First, our sponsor for a spotlight sponsor is uh, is um, American Financing. American Financing wants to remind you that if you are stuck with a whole bunch of credit card bills, you can dramatically reduce the payment while paying those things off at a faster rate. Right now, credit card companies are charging double-digit interest rates. You're never going to get out from underneath those things, and you need to be able to pay that off. If you're fiscally responsible, may I highly suggest that you call American Financing. Their number is 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, or AmericanFinancing.net. That's AmericanFinancing.net. They're salary-based mortgage consultants. You could be looking up to $1,000 a month in savings without resetting your mortgage. Do it now, AmericanFinancing.net. Or call them uh, right now at 800-906-2440. All right, show begins in just a minute. 15 seconds.
of entertainment and enlightenment. Michelle Obama was taken off of the campaign trail in 2008 because she said, Barack knows if we want to make these changes, we're going to have to change our language. We're going to have to change our traditions. We're going to have to change our history. Our history has not been lost. Our history truly has been stolen from us. And it's that history that brought us together. It gave us the unum in e pluribus unum. Why did we come here as a people? What were we trying to build? I'm in Plymouth, Massachusetts today. It's the 400th year, 400th year in 2020 of the pilgrims arriving here. Why is that significant? And why is Thanksgiving significant? Why we should sit with our family for a few minutes and teach them the true history of our pilgrims in one minute. This is the Glenbeck Program. So you go to a new chiropractor, get an adjustment, and your neck has been killing you, and it's finally time to do something. And you're sitting there, and he's got his uh, hands around your head, and he's about to make that really spooky one. You know, where where you just uh, adjust your neck real quick. And uh, it freaks me out every time, especially the first time that you're doing it with a new chiropractor. Now, he's got his head in your uh, or your hand, your head in his hands. If you just happen to say, hey, how many of you these, you know, how long you've been doing this? And he says, oh, it's my first day. Are you letting him make that adjustment? Because I wouldn't. Oh, I'm just part time. I just do this on the side. No, 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 no. No, thank you. No, thank you. Same thing if you're trying to buy or sell a house. You need a real estate agent that's not doing it part-time, that is the expert, is the one that's going to get your house sold on time and for the most amount of money. Buying your home or selling a home is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make, and that's why realestateagentsitrust.com is there to help guide you every step of the way. You want somebody who can help you create the most value for your home, has a long track record of success? It's time to get moving at realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com Paul Jelly is a uh, friend of mine and uh, he's the pastor of the New Testament Church of uh, Cedarville uh, that I attended yesterday and uh, he is also uh, one of the guys, you're not, are you the head guy of the Plymouth Rock Foundation? Yeah, president yeah. Plymouth president. Rock Foundation. Um, and you, tell me your story quickly. You, you grew up here? Actually, I grew up in New Jersey, but uh, my father, I was born in Massachusetts, but then my father, uh, who was a pastor, he uh, moved us back here into uh, New England and Massachusetts. Because you don't so have that. So I attended that. high school here in, uh, in Massachusetts. You don't have that chowder no. kind of, no, which is right. really heavy around here. <laughs> um, so you, um, uh, you got engaged with the, the pilgrims when you were young. And I was thinking about this the other day. We've almost lost everything about the pilgrims. I mean, it's, they're just, their images now, maybe, maybe on a storefront or a McDonald's or something like that. And even that image isn't necessarily accurate with the buckles and, the, <laughs> right. and all the black hats. Right. And, and, um, uh, these guys, they came over here uh, for uh, a couple of reasons, and they changed the world. They really changed the world. Can you tell the story of, 
of the pilgrims. Sure. I mean, when I first when I first was uh, given some primary source documents and books on the pilgrims by my mentor, my initial mentor John Talcott here in Plymouth, I told him I don't really like history, so I, no, thank you. Yeah. And then, of course, when he looked at me and he said, "No, you really should read this." Uh, then I started to read it, and I think what amazed me was to read the literary prose of William Bradford, to read the diary, Mort's relation, to eventually then read Good News from New England by Edward Winslow. And, and these different books, when you're reading this, you're realizing, gee, this, this is their words. This is exactly what they believed. And it was nothing I'd ever learned in high school, nothing I'd ever learned in elementary school. They were very learned people. If I'm not mistaken, right. William Bradford brought more books over than than were originally that started uh, Harvard. Right. I mean, they had, they had hundreds of books on, and when you think about on the, the small, Mayflower. On the Mayflower. When you think of the small amount of space you had to, for your family, right. for clothes, and think about it, you're taking everything that you're going to own over here, and you can't take very much. You have maybe a small spot, and you're gonna bring a books, and, uh, and books in Latin, and uh, Portuguese and Spanish. Well, 400 and, uh, books was an enormous, enormous library. Enormous. And enormous. the thing is, and, and here you had them uh, very literate, uh, and they were very ideological. One of the things is they were really wrestling with ideas, ideas that would have tremendous consequences. Now, like anyone else, they did not probably, they couldn't foresee what kind of ideas would do in consequences, but they knew they had to deal with those because ideas do have consequences and they change history. So they are over their English and they're over in England and um, the Reformation is just starting where before you couldn't read the Bible um, yourself in your own native tongue. You had to go to a priest. Um, it was the Anglican church. Uh, that was really a government, you know, the the king or the queen is the is the head of the king church. James is the head of the church. Right. And um and heresy any time you were standing against it, you were burned at the stake. So they leave and they go to Holland, right? Right. And you know, the pilgrims, the interesting part about it is they initially wanted to be able to get along like anybody else and do the best that they could. But even John Robinson, who became their leader, he was the uh, pastor of an Anglican congregation. In fact, he started to see his ideas for following the scriptures just conflicted with the hierarchy. And the whole idea of determining whether someone is a heretic or not was all done by, uh, backed by the state and backed by uh, this, this whole idea that uh, you, you had the terrible consequences if you disagreed. And, and here are these ideas that would eventually bring great liberty of conscience and civil liberty beyond just religious liberty. And yet at the same time, um, it would take years to do that. So here you have these individuals wrestling with it. One of John Robinson's big wrestling matches when he was pastoring an Anglican church, uh, he said, he said, why, he used this kind of poetic language, why the church is married to the state. Mm -hmm. It's not married to Christ. Mm -hmm. It has no freedom. Mm -hmm. And he you actually couldn't say that Christ led the church right. because it, the king did. Exactly. Right. And, and the king, and especially King James, who was very learned, uh, he said, when I speak, it's the law. I'm speaking. I'm speaking to you by the power of the Holy Spirit, and uh, you know you have to be aware when someone says they're speaking, speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, and they also have the sword backing them up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and force, yeah. and that's that's hardly voluntary. Usually, the know. ones who speak for the Spirit are the the uh, the ones like King or Gandhi, Jesus, somebody who's really, really not a friend of power. Exactly, you know I mean? and 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 will eventually decentralize power. Correct, and, and that's what 
is so threatening. And so you have these these pilgrims, and they begin to wrestle with this. John Robinson, when he debates with the Anglican bishops after he's even left and gone to Holland and into eventually into Leiden, uh, he would reason this way and say, wait a minute, uh, this is not the way it is. The government actually comes from the inside out. It's actually self-government mm-hmm. that's the rule. And this is just, this is threatening the power and the this hierarchy. Is, this is 150 years before we're around. Oh, I mean, right. before I mean, the, I mean, this is the germ of the idea of And you America. have to realize that now these pilgrims, when they're reasoning together and being taught by John Robinson to think and reason from principles, it's, uh, they're only a small, tiny remnant that's mocked and they're called separatists because they're mocking them, not because they're complimenting them. Uh, they're the ones who would separate from the church. In fact, uh, the interesting thing, when you read the bishop's writings and letters to them, he said, uh, why God has given you such grace and such benefit and, and liberty granted to you by the king. Why do you throw that all away and start original thinking and Mm-hmm. Uh, thinking on your own. This whole idea that to think and to reason, to come up with ideas that others may not have held was just anathema. So it doesn't seem like they were thinking people because they, they're they growing in Holland. Things are going fairly well for them. They have about 500 people, you know, 300 maybe to 325 in their church in Leiden. Okay. So they have, you know, that's, that's, it's growing. Uh, and, uh, for some reason, you know, we had Tim Ballard here this weekend and he was, uh, he just came back from Leiden in Holland and, uh, was talking to the scholars there and they said, well, they probably left because, you know, there was a recession coming. They didn't come here for a recession. Why would you leave right. your home that was comfortable because of a recession, even a war, when you were coming to America and it was almost certain death? Yeah, you know, you think about the, the reasons, and Bradford gives the reasons in his old Plymouth Plantation. And they talk about the truce was ending with Spain in, by uh, 1620. And that was a big problem because uh, they were in Leiden, and that when that truce would end, there would be more problems with the Spanish. Also, not only was that a problem, but they said their their children were getting on in their years. They were getting older. Uh, but the, the real crux of why they came, Bradford gives in this poetic phrase. He said, lastly, but which was not least. In fact, this was the most important. A great zeal they had of propagating and advancing the gospel of the kingdom of Christ into those remote parts of the world. Yea, though we would be even as stepping stones unto others for the performing of so great a work. Think about that phrase. It's written later. Bradford writes it about 10 years afterwards, about 1630, probably a little later than that. And yet you see the... um, the looking at this whole situation, they were coming for a motive to advance the gospel of the kingdom. And, and it was different than, for instance, there was an argument in the 1850s between uh, those who said really Jamestown was the cornerstone of America and others that said it was Plymouth. And Jamestown was a religious group as well. They had some, they had some very strong pastors, right. Pastor Hunt and others that came. Right. They had some real characters on that. that right. And it, well. was, it, was a, it, it was to come for God, but also come for gold and, and everything else. Right. This one was not coming for gold. Well, you think of the difference. The difference, because we like to point out both the positive and both. You both had, you had a national experience with a national religion being planted in Jamestown. Mm-hmm. You have something very local, very 
uh, personal and intimate here in Plymouth. Beyond local, it's, it's it was different. familial. It was, it, it was all about families. But also you recognize that here in Plymouth, this was a church plant. You see, in Jamestown, it was a national plant. It was a replica of the, the state church. And though they did have the, their assembly in 1619, there are a lot of things that take place in Jamestown prior to Plymouth, and they have a lot of firsts. What we have in Plymouth is unique because um, this, is where, this was a church plant. Without the Leiden congregation sending about 75 people over to the New World, and not even 75 were able to come. Some re returned when the Speedwell was springing leaks, being overmasted by the captain, and what at least what, from what Bradford has written that they, they believe happened. That um, they came here, uh, so their, their hunger for religious purposes, and you have to look at the wider context of history at the time. All the explorations that are taking place at the time, uh, whether it's the Portuguese, Spanish, or anyone else, is under this doctrine of discovery, which is basically you go in and you take over the land, you take over the people, and then you dominate them, make them your slaves, and then introduce Christ. <laughs> well, this is, this is now because they're so dependent on you. There was this, this conquering mode where you have the, the pilgrims and Robinson's teaching of them. Uh, now, they're not going to stop on any exploration like this. You're going to have some hotheads on your group. You're going to have. Right. And there was a group on the, on the Mayflower called the Strangers. Yeah. They were not part of the Leiden congregation, but the Leiden congregation is the one pioneering the motive for coming. And that motive is to serve. That motive is to bless. That motive uh, is something that was. Uh, uh, trained into them. It was a different, it was a remnant movement. So I want to I take a quick break and then we're going to come back and start there because this was a socialist idea. At first it was a socialist idea and they had a ton of firsts here in America that were really important that if we know about them today, we can correct the path that we're on. We're um, at the Leiden, the Leiden House uh, now in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and I, I, I'm here for a reason, and that is the 400th anniversary of the landing of the Pilgrims is happening in 2020. There's some events going on that I want you to know about. Next week, there is this amazing parade put on by the uh, Plymouth Rock Foundation, uh, and uh, it's it's history as it has traditionally been told and is really uh, being lost. And they started this about 20 years ago, and it has exploded. There's about a quarter of a million people now that come into this town, little teeny town, just for this parade. And if you're anywhere near the area next week, you need to come. We'll have more on this in just a second. Uh, let me break for one minute and talk to you a little bit about the USCCA. Uh, right now, you have a chance to protect yourself and your loved ones with some of the best self-defense tools out there for free. This month, the good folks at the USCCA, that's the United States Concealed Carry Association, are giving away 19 free chances to win $1,000 for the military gun of your choice. You just text the number 87222 right now to reveal those guns and claim your free chances to win them. Want to know which gun you can get? Well, here's a hint. Each of the guns that are being offered are used by America's elite fighting forces, but also can be relied on by uh, responsibly armed citizens. Perfect for protecting yourself and your loved ones. They're 100% free 
just want to see them yourself, just go and text the word Beck to 87222. Text the word Beck to 87222. 100% secure. Confirmation text is going to be sent. Don't miss the opportunity to protect like the best. Text the word Beck, B-E-C-K, to the number 87222. For more information and rules, go to protectanddefend.com. Standard message rates and data rates do apply. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. So, Paul, they, the pilgrims uh, land here uh, in Plymouth, and, um, and it's a small little boat. I mean, it's, it's shocking. There's no way That's you'd, be, you'd never get me on that boat to go across. the. You'd be like, are you crazy? Right. Was that a big boat for the time? Not necessarily a big one, probably an average-sized merchant vessel. Uh, they Remember, they, they bought another boat that was even smaller than that called the Speedwell, right. which is uh, a smaller boat carried maybe 20 or 30 people rather than the 70 or 80 on the Mayflower. And then they lose the Speedwell. It has to be sold for much less than they bought it. And out of Plymouth, England, they come. And, of course, Plymouth, Mass. was not named after Plymouth, England. But the point is that, because that had already been named by uh, John Smith and uh, other explorers here. But the point is, here they're coming over here and uh, crammed on 102 passengers plus the crew. Um, a tiny, tiny bunk bed, small, single bed for two people. One person gets sick. Everybody gets sick. you got 66-day voyage. It's rocking 20 to 25 degrees. The Mayflower was designed to roll water off, not keep water off the deck. So you're, you're getting seawater. Oh, it, it's, it's constant. Gosh. And so it, it, it had it's to no be. picnic. And for women and children to go, this is the thing that makes uh, so many firsts. You mentioned firsts. Well, here's, here's, a, here's one of the firsts. That you had women and children go on this voyage, not just any women. These are wives and children. These are families, 24 family units that come on the Mayflower. The idea that families are a part of this is what makes the story significant. That's why we tell people, if you want something unique and come back in 2020 for this event we're doing, June 28 to 30, there's events all year long uh, sponsored by the town and others to come. You're going to see family. Family was so important to them. These were covenanted families. Here's another first. Here's a church that covenanted among each other accountability without state permission. This is a church that existed because individuals want to covenant and combine themselves together in their church. And that's why they covenanted and combined themselves into the civil body politic with the writing of the Mayflower Compact. Another first. And they covenanted themselves not only to God, but to each other. Like when they right. first hired, uh, uh, who was the... Miles the, Standish. Miles Standish. They... They hired him, right? and then they got together and voted to make sure, right? They wanted to vote because they wanted to make sure it was by consent. See, in other words, is this, the house, this is the house where there are near this is the, the site, near the site, the property where that probably took place. Yeah, right, where they exactly. voted. Yeah. And the interesting thing is here are people who are reasoning from the scriptures the best they know, and they are coming up with new ideas. And they're saying, you know, this doesn't have to be done the way it's been done before. Everything's just appointed from the top. We can make those decisions. Uh, not only that, there's a, not just a first with a church covenanted group coming across the ocean. Mm-hmm covenanted families coming with women and children and then drawing up their own government a self-government act on board the ship before they land knowing they're off course but then you you have them land and even here now they're voting on individuals and they're voting here's the interesting part about it we're talking about a jurisdictional separation of church and state here you don't have to be a member of the pilgrim church to vote in the commonwealth 
That's unheard of. You know, the Puritans would tend, and you can understand it. I don't criticize uh, when you're outside the context of history. It's really easy to throw stones when mm-hmm. you're many years later. But here these Puritans, it was very easy. They had the king as the head of the church. Well, they didn't like that because there's a major persecution. But a lot of Puritan groups had come to America, and they just reverse it. Now mm-hmm. the church is the head of the state. And you get persecuted. If you're not a member of the church, you can't vote. You're disenfranchised. Well, the pilgrims had something unique. Here's this tiny group that's reasoning for themselves. And there's another first. Here you have the seed, the germ of the First Amendment. No, it's not in flowery form. You're not going to see all the all the uh, bells and whistles, so to speak, that are going to come out later. But here among this tiny group, because they're reasoning, they're thinking together, they are um, researching. It's the tip of revival. When you study revival... You see, a revival in England was called the revival of hearth and home. It was the revival of reading the Bible around the fireplace. The Geneva Bible was published in 1560. First Bible small enough to carry. First Bible cheap enough to own. First Bible with chapters and verses. Study notes. The people are studying the Bible. We take it for granted today. We have five Bibles, six Bibles in our houses. Mm-hmm. We don't even read half of them. Mm-hmm. But the point is, here they are. This is really important. So in little huts in the wilderness, they're reading the Bible. And so these are the first that are pioneering events. A peace treaty with the natives, that was part of their whole idea. So we're going to get to the peace treaty and the the free market system, which was right. developed here. And the peace treaty in this room, the fireplace, you ever see the etching of that peace treaty? This is the fireplace we're sitting in front of that they were standing in front of. All right, uh, let me tell you about um, Norton Security. When you park your car in a garage or in the street, you lock it, not because you know somebody's going to steal it, but because you know, you're know you out in public and you want to be able to lock up your car. The same thing should be said for your Wi-Fi. Uh, Wi-Fi. When you're out at a Starbucks, you're on public Wi-Fi. Well, you might want to lock it up because uh, there might be somebody that's trying to steal that information. might be somebody that's just sitting there you think they're doing their work, but what they're actually doing is collecting all of the information that you are now using and you're now spreading on that public Wi-Fi. That's why you need a VPN. It's a virtual private network. And the people that I trust with VPN is Norton. Norton has been helping us keep viruses off of uh, our systems and protecting us for decades now. These are the people that have now developed the secure VPN and so many other multiple layers of protection with Norton 360. Get Norton 360 today. Now until December 8th, get up to 60% off your annual subscription on the first year. Norton.com slash Beck. Norton.com slash Beck. Glenn Beck, Dave Rubin, Stephen Crowder, and me, Pat Gray, all in one location. Use the promo code Glenn for $10 off at blazetv.com slash Glenn. All right. Uh, welcome back to the uh, program. I'm talking to Paul uh, Jaley. He is um, he is the pastor of the New Testament Church uh, of Cedarville, and i I went to a couple of um, a couple of churches yesterday. Yours was one of them. Mm-hmm. I just love your congregation, and I love your sermons are unbelievable. Um, and it's just you're centered around service. 
-hmm. You know, so many. Gandhi said, I I love this Jesus of yours. I just don't necessarily like his followers. Uh, And he also said, I, uh, the Bible is such a great book. More Christians should read it. Uh, uh, And it's kind of, it's, Kind of like that. And we miss the fact that it's all supposed to be about service. That's right. And I kind of want to talk to you about that, about what you're doing here, because you've changed this community through service, just loving people, not preaching to people, not trying to do anything, just love them. Um, But let let me first go back to the founders, because I want to get the part, uh, not the founders, but the uh, pilgrims. I want to get the part that they came here. The house next door to this one. This is plot number one, this house, the first street, really, in America. Um, And the house next door, one up from that, is the, what they call it, the common house? or Yeah, the common house is just actually one, probably located a little bit further toward the waterfront. No, it's it's marked on that house. Yeah, it's marked on the wall of this house. But, of course, the the original sites are difficult to determine. But this is the area. Liars in the historic society. (laughs) (laughs) No, so it's it's, it's right here in this area. The critical thing to recognize is that when the uh, pilgrims did come here, they were seeking. They already had two documents on board, of course, giving them permission from England to come over here. But then they had their Mayflower Compact and then their peace treaty that they desired to have peace with the natives. Uh, That's important to know but also they are they are also pioneers they they had they were under this contract with the financiers and it's interesting to note that the puritans preached against profit as a sin uh they said look if you want to make money that's kind of like a sin because they had they had uh adopted the european way which was the common field now the common field in england was simply the fact that if you own cows i own cows you own cattle i own cattle they all graze in a common field it's mm-hmm. not my field not your field it's our field it's it's kind of like grazing land now with the government out west <laughs> And the town squares, which is very New England, if you had if you had cows and you couldn't feed them, you could go take them to the right. town. But green. here's the problem they found: some cows eat more than others. Yeah, and uh-huh. uh, and oh, we got That's a weird problem people here. People like that too. And so this common field was something they all inherited. But Bradford here, he makes this comment that he said, "Boy, when we got here, we're starving, uh, and, and we were thinking we're wiser than God." And uh, this is you had women have to. Uh, uh, go and wash the clothes of someone else's, uh, you know, husband, and because there were only four women left after the spring, uh, well, after that, that first winter, right? Yeah. So four women. How many guys? Well, you had you had a number of other, probably twelve, thirteen guys, but you also had most of the children that were alive. Right. And Eighty. You know, you look at eighty percent of the children that survived. Whereas a very small number of women survived that first winter, and of course they had to stay on the boat much longer. And the women didn't there. survive because they were protecting their children. They yeah, were... a lot of some of them were protecting their children. Some of them were giving away their food, certainly. But you know, when you when you look at this, you recognize of this the the travesty of that first winter. But now they're they're saying, how can we grow more corn? Uh, they the natives had were so friendly to them and so gracious to them that they would not have known how to grow in this sandy soil. Their the seed corn they were brought from England wouldn't work. So now they are working together and they're realizing, gee, how can we do this? And so Bradford says, let's set every man. Uh, their own property in particular. Okay, now hang on just a second, because that was against the compact, not their compact, but the charge of the people who helped pay for it. Remember, it was like a stock company. So um, it was a joint stock company, but of course the, the people who are financing them, uh, they didn't believe anyone else would get profit, but they should. Right, right. (laughs) 
Because so, profit is just a survival. So right, they so they were that. they were they were all just pooling all of their resources, putting it in the common house, and what people, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, what people, mainly the young guys, because you had some old guys that survived that were not uh, real healthy. You had women, then you had children, and then you got these twenty guys, you know, these twenty something guys, who are like, look, I'm building all the houses, I'm doing, I'm chopping all the wood. I'm doing all the work here and I don't get any more. And what started to happen was these guys were saying, you know what? I'm sick today. I can't make it today. And the bickering and the fighting and Bradford even writes in his his journal, he said, even amongst the most godly, because there's a, and he said, like, we're, we're going against the order of God. In other words, if you don't have the right structure, now you could look at it in reverse. They changed that structure. They now are producing for themselves. They begin to produce immediately double the acreage. Then they triple the acreage in the next three years. They go up to 180 acres in no time. So now they're being very productive. And now they recognize that they said, well, the God began to blast this. They were successful and they forgot God. He, Bradford said, no, we have to go back to prayer to ask God. So here's these people that say, no, we can't just believe in God and then have the wrong structure. That's not going to work. But we can't just have the right structure and then pride ourselves that it's mm-hmm. all because of us. So you have these individuals that are doing this, and you, even a conversion of Habamak, the Native American, takes place at that next Thanksgiving, 1623. So we're looking t- several years down the road. And this is what makes this group unique. They're thinking for themselves. They're pioneering ideas. This is, this is, the, is this the first real free market? Yes. We would call that, yeah, a free market economy because you actually had... A people able to set their prices eventually without the control of government. In fact, they could have a business outside the palisade walls. So that was a kind of a symbol outside the control of the government in the sense of setting wages and prices. And that's where they had a free market trading post in 1627 down in the town of Bourne, the Uptuxet trading post. Phenomenal place, recreated on the original foundation. And here where they're trading with the Dutch, the Native American, and the Pilgrim. And they're using wampum shells for currency. I use this for teaching economics to high school students. You can use it. And here they're using wampum shells, different colors. And the native will get wealthier because they can catch the quahogs a lot easier than the English can and a lot faster than the Dutch. And so these, this I, is the germ. I'm going to pretend that I don't know what a quahog is and how fast they run. Uh, they don't run. They're in the ocean. Uh-huh. So you, you are going barefoot in the slime and the muck, and you're, you know, you're going in and trying to pull those little shells out. They're like clam okay. shells. And then you have to shave off those, those shells into beads, uh, which the natives were much better at. Than, uh, mm. And so you can come in with the beads. You don't have to do just bartering. And you have a free market. A mm. free market economy birthed right here in the wilderness because they're reasoning from the scriptures and from the Bible. But it's, it's beyond that because what makes this different is, again, it's the family. That's correct. It, they based it on don't tell anyone else what to do. I'm here because I want my family to be strong, right? That's right. That's right. And that's kind of what we missed. That's and it's, right. It's amazing when you hear people talk about Thanksgiving, um, in fact, the owner of this house was, I think she was the one who said it to me yesterday, is that this is, when you talk about Thanksgiving, everyone says, oh, it's my favorite. I don't have to go out the store and buy anything. You know, we just, we cook, but then we're just together as a family. 
that th- this is supposed to remind us about family right. and what makes us a family and what brings the family together. If you take Thanksgiving today and even Thanksgiving in Lincoln's time when it made, became a national holiday and Washington's uh, Thanksgiving proclamation at the mm-hmm. end of the revolution uh, while he was president, and you can trace it back, a lot of things have changed. Of course, most people illustrate it. They say, well, the original Harvest Festival in 1621, probably in the month of October, where 90 braves come, as Edward Winslow writes, and you have only 51 mm-hmm. pilgrims left, and you have, um, and they, they bring the deer. The natives brought most of the food. Uh, because And all of that took place. We don't know who invited whom. We don't know how it all happened, but we... There's a record that it happened. Now, they say, well, what of what? That, that's only a dim view of today. Well, you th- look at several characteristics that are still. They had wrestling matches. They had shooting matches. Mm-hmm. There were athletics involved in that first Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. that first harvest festival, probably patterned after the Feast of Tabernacles from the pilgrim's perspective, mm-hmm. uh, which was called the ingathering or the Feast of Thanksgiving in the Old Testament. Well, you have that. You have three days of feasting. You have athletic contests. You have friendly relations. It's a multicultural event. I mean, come on. That is Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That is the heritage we have in America. Uh, yes, it goes through all kinds of transformations over the years, uh, and it's not but started initially. At, but when we're at our best, mm-hmm. we remember the original. That's right. You know, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln. When we're at our best, when we are about to heal ourselves, uh, we remember the first one. Right, because, you know, every event in history is going to have some negative because you have people. And every event in history can be positive when we remember those things that advance choice, religious and civil liberty, and the rule of law. All those things. So when you look at the Pilgrim story, you see this composite. Of course, they're not perfect, and no one's saying they were. But at the same time, we look at it and say, there are some positive things that we can emulate. And think of today. I look at these characteristics and I say, today, what do we need? We need people going to their neighbor. It doesn't matter what their background is, what their political stripe is, and learning to love and serve people. And that's why we love doing what we do here in Plymouth. We want to serve people and bless them. So talk to me about the event that's happening this summer. And as you will find out later, um, this event is going to play a very big role in something that we're putting together that I will be announcing uh, shortly in the next few days. Uh, what, what, uh, you can go to the website, plymrock.org, Plymouth Rock Foundation, and it's you can go pl- to the events. Plim, so you know, plymrock. Plymrock. Uh, .org. And you can go and under the events page, you can see the event for 2020 shaping up. Three organizations are helping us put this on. Pilgrim Progress, which reenacts the Pilgrims Going to Church. The Leiden Preservation Group, which is right here. And also Jenny Museum, who you had mm-hmm. Leo on as well. And here we are attempting to uh, bring to the forefront the faith of the Pilgrims, which brought them here. The significance of the Pilgrim story. They came as families. They came as a church plant. Uh, they are unique. They have all these firsts. We're going to have historians in town, uh, workshops to attend, tours, walking tours of Plymouth on a regular basis. It's all a kinds beautiful of, town. And, and not only that, but you have, we have key events. We're going to reenact a Pilgrim church service, sing the actual Psalms. I'm going to actually articulate John Robinson's farewell sermon to the pilgrims. Weren't you actually down at Plymouth Rock? Aren't you the one that was arrested, was taken away? You were reading. Uh... I, 
I actually wasn't arrested, but what happened was years ago, back in the 70s, yeah. I was dressed as a, uh, a pilgrim and I was reading from William Bradford and someone heard it and uh, was upset that I was talking about God on state property. And uh, so I wasn't arrested, but, but you were it taking, is funny. You were picked but up I was, by the police, were you I, not? I was not, but what happened is oh. they said, you better go to the police station. So I went over because I wasn't on my own property. And so, yeah, that, it's a kind of a funny story. I walk in dressed as a pilgrim. They knew me. They just said, oh, what are you up to now? Yeah. And stuff. And and it ended pretty quickly. But the, the idea is any town you can go into in America, usually the town does not even appreciate its own history. It takes true, time yeah. for that. You can go anywhere in America. Yeah. It, it, tourists come in because they yeah. want to hear the history. Yeah. But if you live there, that doesn't happen. Yeah. So over the years, we've seen a greater appreciation for the pilgrims come. We, we give the credit to God, not us. But we, we came wanting to serve. We said, why don't we um, – we inherited a parade that was already going on, the Thanksgiving parade. But as we increased its uh, awareness of the pilgrims, of, of areas, and served the town, uh, the town began to appreciate more and more what's happening. And it is such a a wonderful thing. So you have the event next year, June 28 to 30. You can go on the website and learn about that. But you can go on America's Hometown Thanksgiving, separately incorporated now, America's Hometown Thanksgiving Celebration, USAThanksgiving.com. Uh, and you can go on that and you can see this event coming up next Saturday. You saw the floats behind oh the scenes. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And the guys who are making it. And yes. I hope to have Ollie stop by before I leave. But uh, it's an amazing thing. And uh, hopefully... I'm trying to convince the Blaze to uh, come up and broadcast maybe next year because my family has been watching the Macy's Day Parade. We used to, when we lived sure. in New York, we would go to it. Yeah. And we loved it. But it is becoming, I don't even know what it is anymore. You know, it's, it's, it's just not. But, you know, I can, I can tell your listeners, some people around America, as I travel around and I, I get across America quite a bit speaking about these things, not just the pilgrims, but America's godly heritage. And I, and I look at this. Most people are saying, gee, what can I invest in? What, what could I do? I mean, it is amazing when you look at this parade, how large it is and what it is, and yet how small the budget is, but how much meat is still it's needed. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. A small number of people. Either of those about, websites. Yeah plimrock.org or usathanksgiving.com you could go on there there's places to donate you could even if you're in the new england area come down volunteer come help, yeah uh it's it's really worth it go to plimrock.org and just and just remember that address if you can help it'd be great you will not regret it you'll not regret it paul thank you so much thank you all right uh i want to talk to you a little bit about simply safe you've been thinking about home security no better time to get it than right now simply safe is offering the best deal of the year you'll get 25 percent off of any new system plus a free hd security camera this is something that you could get your your older kids if they've moved out of the house you get this for them uh, makes a great christmas gift Simply Safe Home Security, best home security, period. You get everything you need for your, your home safety, entry sensors, motion sensors, smart lock, video doorbells, security cameras, everything, plus the 24-7 professional monitoring with police dispatch that's three and a half times faster on average than with other social uh, with other uh, security systems. It is Simply Safe. Go to simplysafebeck.com. Get 25% off your system right now, plus a free security camera. This is the best deal you'll find on home security. Order now, 25% off and a free security camera, but only at this address, simplysafebeck.com. That's simplysafebeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program.
So I don't know about you, but uh, there are times that I just want a guide. I just I, I need some help, you know. Uh, and for Thanksgiving, you you kind of try, try to tell the story, but you need a tradition. That's the thing I love about uh, the Jewish Sabbath is everything is traditional. It, it, it You know what story to tell uh, to keep that going. Uh, how do we do that with Thanksgiving? Uh, there is a, a website I want you to go to right now. There's a little booklet on there that you can you can uh, order it. Just it's a PDF file, and you'll be able to know exactly the stories to tell. It's very brief, very short. It's great. The Thanksgiving kit. You'll find it at four hundredth dot org four hundred four zero zero th dot org four hundredth dot org. Go there now. You're listening to Glenn. Pat, you know what we missed this weekend? There in Dallas? What? The Flat Earth Society Convention. No, no. Yeah. There were the Flat Earthers from all over the world, all over the country that came. Mm -hmm. Uh, They gave all kinds of talks. uh, And, uh, you know, that the the Earth is flat. Um, There are about 600 people that attended. Yeah. uh, And, um, you know, they they said we're a growing community. Now about 7% of the population of Earth now says that the Earth is flat. 7%. 7% now say the Earth is flat. That's absolutely incredible. Uh, yeah, they, but they're science lovers, and they said that uh, the stars and the moon and everything is nothing but like a, a, uh, Truman, a Truman Show dome. And, uh, and we don't a move. A Truman Show dome? Please don't. Are you a science denier? <laughs> yeah, of I guess I am. Of course it's a Truman Show uh, dome. Okay, all right. Of course it is. Hmm. My gosh. Wow. We'll what talk about, about that and more from Plymouth in just a moment. Hello, America. It's Monday from Plymouth, Massachusetts, the home of the pilgrims. I know, I know. Thanksgiving is next week. But I'll tell you really why we're here in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck Program. All right, our sponsor uh, this half hour, which we're thrilled to have, is Omaha Steaks. When families all across the country gather to share thankfulness, love, and most importantly, food, Omaha Steaks is sharing an amazing limited-time offer that you can jump on to get your holiday shopping completed. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter the promo code BECK to order the favorite gift package, the gift for all of your family and friends for 60... Well, not all of them. I have a vegetarian... I'm sorry. I now have a vegan in my family. So do I. Your wife. At least it's my daughter. She can go eat at her house. You've got your wife who's a vegan. It's a nightmare. What's happening to us? I don't know. I don't know. Farmers. Anyway, (laughs) anyway, for $69.99 right now, America's original butcher, Omaha Steaks, their steaks are the most tender, the most flavorable. You can order now. Get four six-ounce bacon-wrapped filets. 
Mm. The most tender steak in the world. Four premium pork chops, four Omaha steak burgers, four perfectly browned potatoes au gratin, four made-from-scratch caramel uh, apple tartlets, Omaha steak signature seasoning, plus free a six-piece cutlery set and a cutting board, all for 70 bucks. This is a great gift. Are my children listening to me? Order now, get the favorite gift package, plus the free six-piece cutlery set and the cutting board for $69.99. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com, type in the word Beck in the search bar. That's where you'll find this offer. You uh, you have to go to the search bar and type in the word Beck, omahasteaks.com. Don't wait. The offer ends soon. Order the favorite gift package today, omahasteaks.com. Go to the search bar and type in my name, B-E-C-K, omahasteaks.com. All right, so why am I up here? Well, I think this story might explain it all. You ready? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> a teacher here in Massachusetts uh, was talking to one of their uh, one of their students uh, in a kindergarten class. Five year old brought a bag to uh, share with the teacher and the rest of the class. Uh, it was a uh, it was a plastic bag decorated with Spider-Man and he brought it into his kindergarten class show and tell. He said, um, teacher, you have to try this and everybody, you have to try this. Just stick your finger in it and put it in your mouth and you turn into Spider-Man. Well, as it turns out, it was a bag of heroin. Uh, Oof. And, um, you know, the teacher didn't think it was a good idea to have everybody stick their finger in it. Uh, Now, uh, the father of the boy uh, has had a finger stuck someplace uh, in him uh, as well uh, as he went to jail for endangerment and, of course, uh, uh, heroin. What are all of the things that are going on in the world? Uh, What is the solution? And we can go to these really complex solutions. We can we can say we got to change the whole system. We we have to we have to be socialist. No, no, we've got to strengthen the capitalism. None of these things are going to work. Voting for this guy or that guy, none of them will work. What we have to do is remember who we are, and we have to decide: Are we Christopher Columbus? before he arrives here because before he arrives here he is on truly a mission from god he is everything in his diary that he wrote at the time not after not revisionist but in his diary at the time he is a humble humble man who is being led by god and he knows what his mission is then he arrives, and the minute he arrives, he's bitten by gold, the gold bug. By the time he finally walks on the actual Americas, he's so deeply down with the gold bug, it, it's, it's, it's a horror show. But are we Columbus after he arrives or before he arrives? Are we, are we Jamestown? Did we come here for the gold and for the riches and for the fame and the titles and everything else that would be bestowed upon us? Or are we here because this is a blessed land and we are a blessed people to be living here and look at the things that we can create? I'm going to give you 
a line from William Bradford. Now, William Bradford was the head of the Plymouth Plantation. And here's what he said. Thus, out of the small beginnings, greater things have been produced by his hand that made all things of nothing and gives being to all things that are. And as one small candle may light a thousand, so the light here kindled hath shown unto many in some sort or, or our whole nation. Let the glorious name of Jehovah have all the praise. So what he's saying here is what happened, we didn't do. We were just living certain principles that made all of these things work. And we remembered that we shouldn't get the glory for it. That we're just the ones who just happen to be lucky enough and loyal enough to those principles and those and, and he who gave those principles to us to be able to use those principles and make something out of nothing as he does. And that little candle will light up. You'll become a bright, shining city on the hill. And if, if you forget, you become a byword. If we forget, and we have forgotten. I am, um, I've talked about this for years. But I don't, think it's, I don't think it could be any more important than this year. I'm here in Plymouth, Massachusetts, not only because it's the 400th anniversary of the landing on Plymouth Rock, but next year it will be the, sorry, next year is the 400th anniversary. In 2021 will be the first uh, 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving. So they landed next year. 400 years ago and they struggled and they died and the and the native americans helped them and they became friends and they worked together and they had great crops and they weren't going to have another winter of death and so they gave thanks this year, it's important for us to remember who we are. So in 2021, we can also celebrate the 400th anniversary of the first Thanksgiving by giving him thanks for the miracles that we will see in 2020. I don't know what those miracles are. But if you are a thinking person and you're an honest person, you know that it's going to take miracles for us to turn things around. For us to just survive as a nation. Our history has, has all but been stolen from us. Our kids don't have any idea what real history is. They don't know who people are. They don't know who the pilgrims were. I want you to go to a website, 400 th for the number 400 th.org 400th.org this is a place where you can start your journey and and look and see what you need to read at your thanksgiving table you can get a pdf there 
And it, it has everything that you need for your Thanksgiving table. The stories that you tell, it's very short, it, but it's packed full of all kinds of stuff. But start the tradition. You must teach your children the truth about how we started. We did not start coming for gold. We did not start coming for dominion over others. We didn't. In the room that I'm sitting in right now, this is where the first treaty with the Native Americans began. In this, in this room, on this spot. And it is remarkable to me that most people don't know that that treaty was broken by the Native Americans, not the pilgrims. We had a 54-year-old treaty with them and peace with them. But we were changing their culture, and the chief didn't like that because the part of the culture that we were changing was getting rid of torture. Don't, you're going to kill your enemy. Don't torture them. And it wasn't us that said it. It was the Indians who saw the, the pilgrims and learned what they taught and realized that's not in line with anything good. And that's why the Native American chief had to go to war with the pilgrims. But the Native Americans are part of our story and they are a part of the healing of our nation. And so I urge you to go to 400th.org and you'll see books about the pilgrims that you need to share with your kids uh, and, uh, and, and, and everything else. And you are responsible for it because nobody else is going to do it. You are responsible. They will not get this from school. They most likely won't even get it from church. You are responsible for keeping this story alive. That explains why you're at Plymouth today. That doesn't explain what. So why were you at Gettysburg over the weekend? What was that about? I wonder. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder what that was. So let me just tell you a quick story. All right. And and without answering your question. The first Thanksgiving happened here, right around the front yard of where I'm sitting, this house. And, uh, and it was truly a thanksgiving for God and for others that we served and served us and helped us get through this time of peril. Then we had George Washington. And George Washington put a proclamation together that was about thanksgiving and a covenant, just as the pilgrims made a covenant, George Washington made a covenant when he raised his hand to the square and he added the words, so help me God. What happened before and after he took the oath of office, he made a covenant. We will be your people and you'll be our God. And that covenant is an if-then proposition. If you do these things, then these things will happen. You can believe in God or not believe in God. You can believe in that there's just certain mechanics that, that work. Well, it's why socialism doesn't work. It goes against the very nature of the universe itself. It goes against the human nature as man, as an animal. It doesn't work. 
It goes against the spirit of man because it closes down your spirit. It actually, it makes you um, less likely to help others. So he made a covenant. And then just when we needed it again, Abraham Lincoln made one at Gettysburg. And we must renew the covenant. If we're going to survive, we must renew the covenant. And next year, I will tell you part one this week. And after Thanksgiving, I will tell you all of it and tell you how you can uh, become involved. And um, But we're going to uh, do Restoring the Covenant. And uh, the part that we can announce today is we are going to be here in, in Plymouth, Massachusetts uh, in the last week of June of next year. And we're going to be here for the last few days on that weekend before the 4th of July. Uh, and we are going to be participating in and enjoying some of the things that uh, the Plymouth Rock Foundation are doing to get us prepared to restore the covenant, to have us understand true history. If you're anywhere in this area next summer, I invite you to come to the 400th uh, anniversary of the American pilgrimage in Plymouth, Massachusetts. It's June 28th through June 30th, 2020. And join us here. Um, that's all I'm going to announce today. But I am telling you, uh, this has been on my heart for a long time and the miracles that have happened recently in the last six months to make all of these things come together have been astounding. So join us in Plymouth, Massachusetts next summer. Um, I don't know if I would make my plans quite yet. Just put that on your calendar, save the date uh, because there's other things to follow. It's June 28th through June 30th. Save the date for next year more in just a second first i want to talk to you a little bit about my pillow i stayed at a hotel here last night uh, i had to use like 17 pillows I, it, it was uh, had two beds in it i had to use like 17 pillows because they were all like these ridiculous pillows i miss my pillow i miss my pillow i miss my sheets from mypillow.com um <laughs> You know, I, I talked to somebody who used to travel with the royals, the, the Saudi royals, and they used to, br they still do, they would bring their entire bed on the plane and then take it to the hotel where they were staying. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, if I had the money like they had, I'd be traveling with my bed too. Don't kid yourself. Anyway, uh, if you'd like to crack the code on sleep, Get a MyPillow. Get their MyPillow sheets. And right now, they are doing something game-changing for the bathroom. Their six-piece towel set, all made with USA cotton, extremely absorbent, yet still incredibly soft. You're going to get the two hand towels, the two bath towels, the two washcloths for 30% off with the promo code BECK. That's promo code BECK. Go to MyPillow.com. Click on the new radio listener specials. Get 30% off the six-piece towel set uh, and deep discounts on all other MyPillow products. Enter the promo code BECK, 800 800-966-3117. Get these radio specials right now. MyPillow.com. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID.
welcome to the program. Do you have do you have like ten minutes? But you can. Okay, good. So, Pat, have yes. you have you been to Plymouth? Never. No. It is stunning. It's like. Have you ever been to Nantucket or Martha's Vineyard? No, uh, pretty much every weekend, Glenn. Okay, yeah. Right. No, I no, no. Have you never been? Never okay, been. So I've been, and imagine <laughs> that place without all the snobs. Really? Wow. Yeah, that's nice. More, that's like this place. It is so beautiful. I can't mm. even imagine. There was a nor'easter that blew in. It's a little cold here right now, mm-hmm. um, but I can't imagine what this place is like in the summer. It is. It is really, really beautiful, um, and just a great little town right on the water. What I can't imagine is they came in December. The pilgrims came in December on this boat, and they lived on that boat in the harbor uh, during the winter. I can't, I can't even, I can't get my arms around the smell of that boat in the oh, first place. Oh, man. Um, but I also mm. can't imagine living in the harbor on an open boat in this weather. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine our wives uh, in oh under gosh. those conditions? I, burr. Oh. I mean, if it's 70 degrees in our house, burr, I'm cold. It's cold. Burr. Uh, if, they, if they had conditions like is, that. Is oh, so much. man. You know what? Can I tell you something? Uh, there comes a point in a woman's life where they stop saying that. At least temporarily. Really? Yeah. Like, well, maybe like every wow. 10 minutes. I'm boiling hot. I'm boiling hot. I'm boiling hot. Then 10 minutes later, it's I'm freezing. I'm freezing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, however, uh, it, you know, I enjoy those 10 minutes when she's not saying I'm cold. <laughs> yes. How did, how did these guys get women onto the Mayflower? Crazy. You know how cold it's going to be? You know, one <laughs> question I do have, and maybe you know the answer to this, Pat. Why would they leave... 60 days before winter took them 66 days to get here yeah that doesn't make any I mean, sense at all plan ahead a little bit what right? do you say we go in april right yeah it would have been beautiful for them in april yeah Maybe i they mean could did they not get the something. travel brochures did they not know about nantucket and martha's vineyard did they not see They're like we're gonna have to we're gonna have to steer around that obama house but it'll be beautiful when we reach the mainland yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it must have been, you know, because that was 1620. There was still, uh, in fact, that was probably the the peak of the Little Ice Age era. You know, when it was actually frigid cold winters in the Northeast. I mean, yeah, worse t- than now. By a lot. Yeah, by a lot. We were just coming out of the Little Ice Age. And uh, I, I just, I, it, it amazes me that people would say, that they came here for any other reason. This was insanity. And the only people crazy enough to do that stuff are think people that think they hear from God. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? People, mm-hmm. you know, be, because mm-hmm. I know, because, you know, once in a while I'll feel like he talks to me like, hey, fatso, put the fork down. <laughs> and I'll be like, no, I don't want to put the fat. You know, that's, that's when you know it's from God, when he's telling you to do stuff like stop eating so much. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when you know. That's the only reason why you get onto a boat and go cross the ocean in the middle of the winter is because God said, hey, fatso, you need to lose some weight. You're going to be vomiting for 66 days. Get on the boat. (laughs) All right. Back in just a second. This is. 
is the Glenn Beck Program. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. All right, so if your budget's getting stretched, uh, uh, you know, just a little thin as we head into the holiday, may I recommend that uh, you look into American financing because you might be able to find $1,000 or more and save in your budget. The way to do that is probably beneath your feet. You can make it happen with a mortgage refi. Now, please don't get yourself into debt. Use that money to get yourself out of debt, especially if you have high interest credit cards. Mortgage rates are really, really low right now, and you make a 10-minute phone call to American Financing and take advantage of the free mortgage review. Salary-based mortgage consultant is going to explain refinance options and possibly save you up to $1,000 a month without restarting you know, your loan term. So call them now. Please, American Financing. You know, call around and then call them. You'll end up with American Financing that's a family-owned and operated group, and they've got you covered coast-to-coast. It's American Financing, 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440, AmericanFinancing.net. Miss Glenn's special last week, the Democrats' Hydra? Well, you're in luck. You can watch it for free on YouTube right now. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to it. We're in uh, Plymouth, Massachusetts. Uh, not the place to be necessarily be in the winter, but I thank you for that. Um, I want to introduce you to a couple of people. Um, first, let me introduce you to Ali uh, DiMacito. I met Ali yesterday. Uh, and, and I want you to, as you're listening in your car, wherever you are, I want you just to realize this is... This segment is about the impact of two normal people just like you who just wasn't necessarily thinking big. They thought small. What is it I'm supposed to do? And the results are huge. Um, I also want to introduce you uh, to uh, Beth Pereira. She and her husband uh, own this building that we're in now, this plot number one, this beautiful home right across the street from Plymouth Rock. Um, and you felt compelled to do what you're doing. First, let me start with you, Ollie, because you are, I went to these, these float barns uh, where you are building these floats, and every year this, this parade tells a different story, right? Exactly. How long have you been doing this? I've been doing it for roughly 25 years, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it, uh, you're right, it started, we kind of took it over at a certain time, but you know, I've always had a passion for history. You know, but uh, and I have a more of a passion for America. You know, I immigrated here as a child, so coming um, to coming to America when I was a little kid was like coming to heaven. Actually, you really? know, that's how we felt. How old were you? I was seven years old. And you came from Cape Verde, which is on the west coast of Africa. These little islands, they're Portuguese islands, and okay. uh, and so it was a big deal for my family to immigrate here. And uh, I remember getting on a ship. And really? uh, starting the you know the voyage over here and how difficult it was and throwing up the whole way, but uh, but to us the opportunity that what everyone knew in Cape Verde was America was the place and and why? About, why why well because well first of all you only get four years of education over there is very difficult you know for one of my older brothers to go to a different island to get high school education was more than my father made in a whole month mm-hmm. so it was impossible so my mother's dream was to educate her children and so all of us have been educated college and so on. 
And we wanted the American dream like everybody else. It's like my story's not unlike anyone other's stories. But I just, you know, uh, I have a passion for why America is America and what America has represented for so many, uh, for so long. Why is America America? Uh, America is America because it's, it's an idea. Yeah. And it's an idea that not only for me as a Christian, I really believe that, you know, it was in God's sight to see that America would be. There was a reason for it. There's a reason why America exists and it existed for so many things. Uh, America has totally changed the whole makeup of the world. The world's a different place because America has existed. Mm -hmm. And so to me, and I it's don't... because the idea existed. Exactly. exactly. And, and we've never accomplished, fully accomplished the idea. And the idea is all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights among these right, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We've never... We've never completed that, and it's crazy to think that the arrogance to think you could come up with a better mission statement for a country than that, especially when we've not gotten close to even completing that yet. That's because we're in the pro we're part of that process, and that's right. what, that's what holds it right. up most of the time. Right. But uh, but it's a, it's a great idea. Like for us, for my family, was really we can go to a place where every dream can be realized. And I mean that sincerely. I mean, my dad didn't have anything. My mom didn't have anything. But we knew that in America we had a chance. And it goes deep with inside me. I have a passion for what I do when we celebrate the parade and we tell America's story because I believe that no one should forget why America exists and why it continues to exist. And we cannot forget so that we don't allow for what, why it exists to go away so other people and other generations can't mm -hmm. be benefactors. I want my children, I want my children's children to be able to know uh, why their granddad, you know, or, my, or their great-granddad made the voyage to come here. There was a reason. I wanted to be free. And at that time, I didn't even really understand what freedom was. But I soon began to understand what freedom was. And it wasn't easy. So you are, we met at the yeah. parade barn or the, the float barn mm -hmm. where you are making these incredible, you were so funny yesterday because I drove up and I saw one of these floats that was out of the barn that you're still working on. And I said to whomever was in the car, I said, maybe it was you, Beth, I said, yeah. Uh, look, that, that is that the golden spike? And when I met you and you said, and we're working on some things, and, and, and this is, you know, represents the golden spike. I don't know if you can see it. And I'm like, yeah, it looks just like the picture, dude. <laughs> I mean, there's these two big trains that you have built on the back of this float. And you tell, what is the theme this year with the parade? Well, the theme usually always with the parade, it's prosperity, but the, the theme with the parade is always is telling the great moments in history where the nation paused to give thanks, Thanksgiving. So, and I believe anytime we had great accomplishment, like we also having the Apollo 11 this year, when, when this nation has done great things, or we're doing D-Day this year, when we've accomplished things that are far beyond what people can even imagine, I think the nation has said, thank you, Lord, that we've been mm -hmm. able to do these things. I mean, that was a big deal 100, 150 years ago to have the West meet East, you know, that was a huge right. deal. But this is not something that there's no corporation behind this. There's no big money behind this. Nope. There's no big people behind this. It's just you and your church and some other. And it's like a real parade. It's I mean, it's like real. Yeah. It's not one of these. Ah, yeah, we you know dressed up the back of our pickup truck. This is real. Yeah. No, it's it's legit. And, you know, we're, we're obviously the whole nation has taken note of what we do. And I think what we do is that we're different because we do tell a story. And one of the things that I've always enjoyed about you, you're a storyteller and I'm mm -hmm. a storyteller. And I do the stories, though, 
in a parade. I let the people know the greatness of this land and why we so appreciate it and why so many appreciate it. And we do it every year differently with different events or different historic events or anniversaries that tell a wonderful story. And it's knit together by normal people. You're right. Just, just like that. There's like that's right. everybody just, there. Nobody's nobody, getting no, paid. That's right. Nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows their names half the time. Right. But the product is excellent. And the story is even better. I have to tell you, you uh, I went through your barn and I what did I say to you? Would you come and build a Zeppelin for me? Because I can't get somebody that quality that you have yeah. done on these floats is yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. Yeah. So I know you have to go back to work and yeah. you're you're lovely in that outfit. Oh, thank you. Do you change? Do you get a change? I do. My wife, I, she puts up stuff for me, but in the, sometimes I yeah. just I sleep in my clothes and get up the next morning yeah. and do it. Sometimes we go through the night for the next day. We're not done to complete it, but it's it's. When it, is the parade? Is the parade this, sat, this Saturday? This Saturday. It's always the Saturday before Thanksgiving for the main reason that we want people to still enjoy their their grandmas and their uncles on Thanksgiving Day. We don't want them to be away from their family on Thanksgiving yeah. Day. So we do it the weekend before, and you have all the stuff and the excitement of it all, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you get to be with your family as okay, well. Okay, I want to introduce you to somebody else who was remarkable, but I'm going to take a quick break because I don't want to interrupt it. So let me just change uh, stations uh, and break a little bit early here for you. Um, I, want you to, I want you to meet somebody else who is just like you and realized, oh, wow, uh, country's in trouble and I can do something. And we'll talk to her in just a second. First, relief factor. Some people are born experimenters. Um, uh, I generally am kind of like that, except when it comes to anything natural. I mean, look at me. Do you look? Do I look like somebody who believes in natural remedies? No. David is from Pennsylvania. David found himself suffering from regular pain in his shoulder and his foot. Uh, he heard about Relief Factor early on. He decided he was going to give it a shot. Sure enough, when he took it, the pain went away shortly. Now, most people wouldn't be satisfied for, uh, by that, but he was like, you know, he's an experimenter. So about a month into it, he decided to see what would happen if he stopped taking it. And boom, uh, the uh, pain came back into the shoulder and the foot again. David learned his lesson. David does what I do now. He takes it every single day. He got back on Relief Factor. Within a week, his pain was gone again. Yours will be too. For 70% of the people who try it, you get relief with Relief Factor. If you want a drug-free, natural way to ease your pain and get your life back, it works for 70% of the people. So try their three-week quick start for only $19.95. It's relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. You're listening to Glenn Beck. Beth Pereira and her uh, and her husband Jerry uh, own this beautiful home that I'm sitting in on plot number one in Plymouth, uh, Massachusetts. It's right across uh, the street from Plymouth Rock. I had no idea you even knew who I was when I walked up on Saturday, and it was such a nice greeting. Um, and the more I just love you and your husband, Thanks. the more I get to know you two. You're not you're not you're not people that you think of as these movement people. I've been in the movement my whole life. You're just normal people that realize there's something I have to do. Exactly. And I would like to thank you, Glenn, for um, all the millions of people that you've educated and inspired because um, you taught us long ago that um, if you um, 
looked for truth, you looked for the good in others, and if you um, did something with excellence, we're not alone. And that um, when a project, something like this came along of um, purchasing the site of the first house, uh, we did it. And I was shocked when I found out the, I don't even know what you really paid for it, but the estimated, somebody told me what this was mm -hmm. worth. And I thought this would be worth tens of millions of dollars mm -hmm. because of the historic value mm -hmm. and where it is. And it says to me that there's not real appreciation for what this is, what this street means. Right. You know, the, it's the first street in America, as you had mentioned, and it's um, the longest in, uh, continuously inhabited street in North America. Mm. And I think, um, as we mentioned, with 2020 coming up, I think the spotlight will be on Plymouth and we have a wonderful opportunity, so. a wonderful opportunity to um, to uh, tell the story. Your husband is from Sri Lanka. He came here at seven, yes. just like Ollie did. Yes, he did. How much of that played a role in the mission with your family? Well, uh, my husband's uh, dad uh, brought him to uh, America when he was seven years old. They immigrated, and he learned that America was the land of freedom. And as our journey progressed, we, um, our, we found ourselves... Um, 20 miles north of Plymouth and heard of uh, the pilgrims and all that they had done to contribute to our, our, the birthing of our nation. And he um, studied under a gentleman who's now deceased, but he had spent 50 years studying in the archives. And Jerry spent two nights a week, four hours a night, um, studying with this man, Charles Wolfe. Mm. And what he learned was that he was a pilgrim. He was a pilgrim and that he loved America. He had always loved America since he came. But What does it mean he's a pilgrim? What does it mean to be a pilgrim? To be a pilgrim is to embrace the, um, the idea that the pilgrims had when they, they came here. They came here for religious and civil liberty. They came here knowing that all men were created equal in the image of God and to um, make the world a better place when you left. So it allows you to worship God freely, but it also allows others to do the same. I think um, we're doing a show uh, at five o'clock. And, and by the way, um, we, we're going to take phone calls after this broadcast and you can call in at 888-727-BECK. If you, if you want to talk about um, Thanksgiving, um, what to teach your kids for Thanksgiving, we really have to, um, we, we really, really have to pay attention this Thanksgiving. Cause I think, and I think you would agree we're on the edge. We're on the very edge. We are. And um, I think a lot of people are looking for um, ways to teach that. And I think um, we have materials to teach that about right. the pastor, John Robinson, how he taught his congregation, what the Mayflower Compact actually said, some of the psalms that um, sing about the praises and thankfulness of a, a people that... You've put this you've put this together in a small little PDF that mm -hmm. it was easy to have, you know, just on your iPad or your phone at the Thanksgiving dinner uh, table. Just read it. It's it's not long um, and you can read it and then break it up amongst your family mm -hmm. to share these messages. Um, but you can find that at 400th. That's for the number 400 th 400th.org. Um, you can get videos of where we are at right now, this amazing home. What, what do you use this for now? What, 
It's it's used um, for things like you're doing for filming. It's used um, where uh, historians come and speak here. It's used um, to uh, tell the story. Uh, we have we had visitors from um, England. Uh, last Saturday, and they came just because they left Southampton, where the pilgrims originally left, really? and wanted to step into this house and actually pray over us. Mm. So every week is different. Uh, it's Jerry open. said sometimes people just, in they, the summer, they'll just open up the front door in the living room because they think it's like a museum. They're like, no, no, hello? Yeah, a lot it's our of, house. Yeah, a lot of filming is done here. A lot of um, guest speakers come in for mm. the uh, to speak on history. Um a lot of um, pastors come here. Do you a little for... overwhelmed at any time to, I mean, I own some, I own Washington's compass. I own mm. some really amazing mm. things. Um, and I don't own them. I keep them for the next generation and whoever is going to be the steward the next time. Mm -hmm. Do you, are you ever overwhelmed of what you're the steward of? At times I am. And then I think, well, God called us to this stewardship. And so... I um, ask him in which direction I should uh, go, and was it um, one of those I, it's sobering. Or? It is, yeah, uh, because of the sacrifice of the pilgrims. If you really study them, you fall in love with them, and you think, who had that type of courage and passion and um, perseverance and commitment to carry out what they did, knowing that half of them would would, would not survive. I know. Uh, I heard the story this weekend of the fourteen women. Uh, mm -hmm. or 18 women mm -hmm. uh, that made the trip and, and lasted and got here. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of winter, only four of them only were alive. Mm -hmm. And it was because they were shielding their children from the cold. They weren't eating themselves so their children could eat. I mean, the sacrifice of these people is amazing. Exactly. And this is the year of the woman. Uh, so oh, they'll be honoring. 1920, right? They'll be honoring them um, all throughout the year. Yeah. And so we invite... Um, Good. Everybody to come and. Um, I invite you to uh, again um, come up for the uh, festival. You can come up for the parade, which is next Saturday here. If you happen to want to get involved or you can donate it all for the parade, that's usathanksgiving.com, usathanksgiving.com. Uh, you'll find out all the information there. They are, I mean, these are just regular people that are putting on this amazing event. If you want to get involved, great. If not, just come up. Also, this summer, there is uh, something you can find out about at plymrock.org, P-L-Y-M, rock.org. We will be up here next summer. Uh, and also, 400th.org, 400th.th. Go to that website now and get the documentations, get the things that you should be sharing with your family next week at Thanksgiving. This is the Glenn Beck Program.